The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Good evening, friend. Would you believe it? It's, it's Dr. Doom. What's on your evil mind? Oh, you insulting tongue and mock my words well. How about this rumor that you are really hired, Mr. Stark? Hello, and welcome to another exciting episode of the Click Nation's Comic Book Chronicles. As my camera takes its sweet time trying to focus for some reason, you don't have to focus because you are with us right here, right now. And with us tonight is the man behind the sound, soundboard, Agent Underscore 70. What's up, everybody? <laughs> I just I just enjoy that music so much. You know, and I'm with you. I'm right there. <laughs> I appreciate it though. I appreciate it. Um and tonight I am going to your host, Roddy Cat. Yeah. And you can find us at our individual um social media spots. Such as Agent underscore seventy on Twitter and Instagram. You can find me at Roddy Cat on Insta. Uh, on no, well, you can do that too if you want to. But Roddy Cat on Twitter, News Nurse Need on Twitter, and Instagram at CB Caps. You can find our other two hosts that are not here at this moment, who are who are doing taking care of some business. Uh, PCN underscore Dirt at PCN underscore Dirt on Twitter. Pop Culture Net on Twitter. Uh, popculturenetwork.com, ineedcomics.com, all of that. And of course, the Timster himself, TimDad98, at TimDogg98 on Twitter, the Click Nation on Twitter, that's the K L I Q N A T I O N, and of course, CB Cron on Twitter and theclicknation.com. And tonight, uh, we're going to start off. Oh, well, well, let me finish off the spiel here. Sorry. You would think I'd have done this before. You can find this podcast on Google. Oh, nice. I know, right? Rewind that back, select uh, Apple Podcasts, and you can find us on Google Play, SoundCloud, on the Cold Flutter podcast feed. And, of course, we are on the CSPN Podcast Network. That's CSPN.us. Uh, go over there and check this show out if you're not already and other shows on the network. And of course, shop.cspn.us where you can go get some merch from this fine prod uh, from this fine podcast. And I don't have anything up right there at this moment. And other fine podcasts of on the network. So, like I was saying before, I rudely interrupted myself. We're gonna get into some comic book news. Uh, excuse me, we're gonna get into some comic books. And all right, we're going back to the old format. That's our old format. <laughs> we're taking it way back. So, yes, we're going to get into some comic books tonight, right at this moment. And the first one we're going to get into is Extermination um, number one. 
a surprise, surprise, because, uh, you know, I'm going to be honest, you know, knowing that this was going to be kind of the resolution of the X-Men blue, the original five X-Men storyline here in the in the present day, I, I honestly did not come into this with a lot of uh, excitement, you know, with mild trepidation. And that's, you know, revealed by the fact that I did not actually pull this issue at my shop. I picked it up, but I did not pull this issue ahead of time. Well, I wasn't either because I felt like I was going to be treating it just like the others of the um, the other events that we have kind of either going about or starting to finish up and that I'll come back to it at some point later. But then I realized, like, you know what? Well, I was about to say, how often do we get a, a, a mutant extermination uh, storyline? And actually, that's pretty often. So <laughs> that's not really saying that much. But that's, But that said... This issue seems to be kind of going, taking some notes from the past, or maybe it's just, you know, us being jaded because we've seen pretty much all we've seen and read all of the, the, the mutant uh, extermination um, storylines. Well, most of them, actually, I haven't read a couple of them, but regardless, you know, the bigger ones. Right. And this kind of takes some beats to, at the very least, I dare say, follow the mutants. Uh, yeah, I was about to say Fall of the Mutants was bigger because it involved True. a higher line. So True. But um but what I'm saying is the way they're starting it off, you know, there's spoiler alerts, there's been a couple of deaths already, looks mm-hmm. like. Um there's a couple of villains from past in which I don't know where wait, because was Ahab in that one or not, or was that another one I'm thinking about? Gonna ring the spoiler bell because there are some big things that allegedly happen in this issue, and without uh, major redirects or swerves, you know, will serve to be kind of big uh, points uh, in uh, X history. So, one moment. The spoiler bell has rung. So, and it is now official. So, yeah. Um... Yeah, so Ahab appears in this, and I don't remember the last time he appeared. But I'm trying to remember the last when he appeared in the um, what what mutant extermination storyline he appeared in. And I couldn't remember if it was Follow the Mutants or it was one of the other ones. It was in an annual, actually. There were. Um, I mean, Ahab has appeared a couple of times in the past. Uh, you know, thanks to Google, we're going to find out very quickly um, how often Ahab is a. Uh, has appeared and when he's appeared. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, in any event, uh, what I remember Ahab popping up in were... Um, I, I kind of wish Tim was here. Animals. Yeah. I kind of wish Tim was here. because, he, As the, the bigger X, X, uh, X-Men fan of the group. Probably, I mean, you, you, you know. I was about to say his memory might be better because I've just read more. Isn't that terrible? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's the truth, right? Right. It's, you know, like when you have more, you you know, you you you've seen more, you've actually forgotten more. So it's kind of tough to, uh, you know, it's kind of tough to, uh, to to you know to to deal with that particular shortcoming. Um, I'm well, looking to see what that would be a part of his tag tagline. <laughs> say that again. I said I was about to say shout out to William Bruce West, and that would probably be a, a part oh, of it. Oh, that's right. That is. They, yeah, 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 yeah. You're right about that. You're right about that. I guess Wikipedia is going to be more useful than the Marvel page for Ahab. 
Yeah. Well, yes, it's a wiki all the same, but yeah, it depends on who gets in there. But anyway, as you're, as you're doing that, we can go on a little bit, a little bit more about it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, because um, I guess the other thing that was confusing for me is like days after, of future present. So what? Days of future present. Oh wow! Okay, not even future present. Okay. No, days of future present because uh, it was a set of annuals, right? Um, between uh, X Factor, X Men, the New Mutants, and the Fantastic Four because of the Richards. Uh, children, right? Franklin. Yeah. Okay. Sure. There we go. Oh, um, blast from the past. Okay. So, so basically, what we're saying is, yeah, that there is some some past future nonsense going on here, as tends to happen in the uh, X Men. Some of which I did not know too much about because I have not been keeping up with the X Men books, such mm-hmm. as uh, one such death. Um, that came early on in the book. Uh, that being with of uh, Bloodstorm, I guess what her name is. Right, right. Which is a vampire storm from another another future or something. I didn't. Yeah, um, that's um, what you call it, X Men. I mean, it's not an no, it's not an Exiles thing. I forget where Bloodstorm is from, but it's definitely one of the future alternate timelines. Sure. I'm like, okay, well, that's something, and apparently, you know, that's a thing that happened, and then we don't know. And so we should point out that this um, extermination is surrounding the original five X-Men that have been displaced, the young versions of the original five that have been uh, displaced in time, mm-hmm. which is still also weird to me because, like, there's been so much time travel and stuff, even when time, supposedly time was broken, either because of them or others to things. You know, due to and or surrounding secret, secret wars and another thing that's still going on that is still kind of weird that just here is like, oh, more time stuff, which I guess has another book that's, um, I don't know, I'll probably talk about a little later. Has something to do with too. Um, but that said, I don't know. It, like you said in your notes, this was surprisingly entertaining. It, I, I, I don't know. They're the X Men, like when they get to the X Men, you know, hey, we're about trying to kill off the X Men. The, you know, the, the exterminations as they tend to happen. Theirs, or at least historically, have been somewhat um, entertaining. Some of them anyway. Like, there's a couple of them that were kind of, you could do without. You know, or adjacent ones that you could do without. But for the most part, the more classic ones, you know, usually are, are pretty entertaining story-wise. So, I don't know. Whether this one will continue to be such you know, coming out the gate running as this one, as this issue did, we'll find out, I guess. Right. You know, it was pretty entertaining. Um, some of the, uh, some of the reveals in this were actually pretty good. I thought that, um, they, they definitely, that, uh, Ed Brisson writes this, uh, is writing this story. And I thought that the last page reveal was good because I absolutely thought it was another character. I felt like as soon as we saw, the character and what he does to a similar character, I felt like you already spoiled because it's a he. Because I honestly thought it was a she. Mm. Oh, was, hmm. yeah, I thought it was a she because there was a bit of coloring um, in this where um, there are green boots, right? And I thought the green boots were a giveaway because mm. okay. I thought it was a female character. Sure. That had a history with uh, the X characters. I can see that. 
I wasn't thinking that, but yeah, I could. I, I, could I, I got clued in on the green boots that you know, like uh, you know, there's a struggle, and you see green boots, and you're just like, whoa, is that character really back? It actually made me Google that character's name because I couldn't remember it. Seriously, but right. then. And then the last page comes up and it's a total fake out. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, see, like the, the last page wasn't didn't seem to be a surprise to me once you get closer to it. Right. Because when the let's put it this way, when the character shows up earlier in the and the character does show up early in the book, I was like, okay. Just all out the blue. I'm like, wait, something's not right with that. Mm-hmm. And I guess if you I guess if you go back to the beginning of the book. Which kind of threw me off for a second. I was like, well, wait a minute. And then I flipped to the next page because you see some some future past stuff going on. You know? No, of and course. I was like, okay. I don't know where that's going. But then we find out what's... I guess we were starting to find out what's going on given the last page. So, yeah. I don't know. I, I may stick with this. Um, I don't know. Is this the one... I know it's a five-issue mini. Mm-hmm. Is it going to be spilling up or into the other Xbox? Do we know? I don't know. That makes me want to go to the last page and see if there's like a, you know how they they like to do a map of um, the books that you need to pick up. That's, right. I know there's the I do know, remember there's the uh, this disassembled thing that's coming up. I know Tim's like real looks like to be uh, real excited about that. Which I'm like, oh no, not another disassembled. Like we just brought the X Men back. Why are we disassembling them already? Yeah, that's for uh, that's for Uncanny. Right. Yeah, thanks, Wang. I appreciate it. Atman Wang ninety seven chiming in, uh, uh, in agreement with my uh, first hunch on this. Oh, nice. As uh, Tim chimes in, actually, so that's our own at Tim Dog ninety eight is watching alongside is, is watching the uh, the simulcast. And actually, not not uh, not surprising of his pick. Ha 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 ha. Okay. So, but that being said, uh, I don't know. Do we have anything else uh, that we wanna want to bring up about this? Are we gonna? No, I think that's it. I think that this is something that I'm going to be adding to my pull list, to uh, so that I don't miss out on any future issues, and uh, you know, we'll go forward from there. Yeah, it always comes back to a redhead. <laughs> Technically, it actually still has in this book, now that we think about it. You're absolutely right, because there's a bunch of them running around. Yes, and one in particular with close ties to the character that comes in out of the other joint. But we will keep uh, we'll keep an eye on this uh, on this jobby. Yep, and so uh, what's next? Where are you, President Bartlett? What's next? Um, you know what? I, let's stay on the mutant train here for one quick second. This would probably honestly realistically go on the rapid fire but i figure hey why not if it's uh man number three did you read it i have not it is on my i I actually picked up the issue physically i have not read issues two and three though so i'm a little behind so i didn't even know this was coming out this week because i saw it in in our uh in our dropbox i'm like wait that can't be right and then i look it up i'm like oh i must have missed that one when i when i was looking up books uh to get or to, to look into but yeah, so Muscle Man number three continues to be strange and kind of kind of funny, uh, weird. Matt Rosenberg's uh, writing this, so you know if you've read any of his past books, it's kind of still still kind of has that humor in it. So we enjoy that. I think most of us pretty much do. There's a neat um, Zadarsky reference in here that I, that, that was okay. kind of. <laughs> 
Um, but the gist of it is like after the events of last issue, um, I guess the main Jamie, that's the, the protagonist of the stories, mm-hmm. had his crew uh, go into the future, try to help out the whatever in whatever resistance has been going on, and it, things go really, really bad, um, resulting in some, um, some deaths and some. Uh, amusing commentary uh, here and there throughout this issue. Okay. Uh, without spoiling anything for you, but, um, you know, Forge ends up being the MVP, even though his priorities are a little, a little weird, but you know what? You get where he's sitting, you understand. So, yeah, this, like I said, this continues to be a weird, funny book, even though it seemed like it might be wrapping wrapping back around to the first issue in this, but it could be that could be a swerve, and I don't know because there's some things that kind of get told and happen in the in the course of this that's like okay, that seems like it could be. Or maybe okay. I'm thinking it, and I don't know. Regardless, but um, it's it's an amusing road. You should check it out. It, you know, it's kind of I don't know if it. I can't say if if it goes any places is a good thing to say because it does and it doesn't. But it basically just kind of chalks up on the weird things that would happen in an X-Men book, just specifically with, um, and this is not even an X-Men book proper, but, you know. Right, it's related. Yeah, kind of little weird things that would happen, such as time travel and whatnot um, that would happen in this. Yep, okay. So, That's yeah, fine. just figure that. All right, so my turn to throw something out there. Um, let's stick with uh, Marvel. Let's also stick with some of the big summer um, crossovers because we are about to hit, um, I guess, the uh, the turning point in Infinity Wars, which is the... Um, and uh, I'll ring the spoiler bell just in case uh, folks are not in tune with their... Uh, 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 with pulling their books uh, thanks to uh, Diamond Comics solicitations. So here comes the spoiler bell. So if you haven't been up on your solicitations, the big thing that was mildly spoiled by them is that uh, one of the outcomes of Infinity Wars is that there are things happening due to the wielder of the Infinity Stone slash Infinity Gems that are creating these infinity warps, you know, kind of mashup of characters and mashups of characters. And in this issue, we find that, and I've already run the spoiler bell, people, so if you're not up on Infinity Wars issue number one or Infinity Wars Prime, guess what? I'm jumping right into spoiler territory. And this so, is you speaking of. What's that? Yeah. You speaking of. I'm sorry? No, I just said this is uh, issue two you're speaking of. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Now we're go- now we're on issue two, right? Now we're we're completely going into spoiler territory because you need to have uh, read uh, a couple of things before getting to this. So we find that um, it's Gamora, who who had been going by the name Requiem, uh, who's been gathering the stones or, tr- or trying to gather the stones, and is wielding a po- uh, a power stone embedded in a sword. To basically lay waste to a bunch of people, including one Thanos. Um, what we what we find in this issue is that uh, she's on a quest to and, and something that uh, Duggan had been uh, 
pursuing in issues of Guardians of the Galaxy, where Gamora is on a quest to reunite herself with the part of her soul self that had been trapped within the soul gem. And, uh, you know, she was on a nonstop quest to, to, uh, to do that. And she basically was running her sword through anybody and everyone who, um, who was in her way. And, um, she basically at the end of the last issue guts, um, another member of the guardians of the galaxy, just in case Roddy, you're not up on this. I don't want to. I am not. So, but ultimately without spoiling everything, um, we get to the point in the story where these, uh, mashups sort of happen. You can sort of see the impetus for them and how, you know, the mechanism for them. And that's really what, um, is important in this issue because then, um, when you get to the end of the issue, you see where a lot of these mashups come to pass and how, um, you know, the next few, uh, books are going to be, you know, kind of involved with explaining how we get from these mashups to back to, you know, the status quo. So, um, like I said, it's a lot of, you know, uh, if you thought that Thanos was going to be one way with, uh, on his quest to gather the infinity gems or stones, Gamora is another way entire, you know, is another path entirely. So, um, you know, that's, that's the, uh, I, at least at this point, the crux of uh, the story. Hmm. Are you still enjoying it? It's, it's definitely interesting. I finally saw what, where those warps come from, those mashups. So I'm, I'm definitely uh, keen to see where this main story goes. I don't particularly care to read the spinoffs. Gotcha. Although uh, I could be wrong. They, you, know, you never know. They could be freaking awesome, and then I'm going to go out and buy them after we read them, you know, after we read our review copies. So. Right. I mean, yeah, those the warps have been are curious, but it's Seems like okay, sure. They're just using that to kind of throw these logins out there. Mm-hmm. But I guess there might be nothing wrong with that if something good comes out of them, it, or temporarily at least. Right. Um, I was going to ask you. Wait. So Gamora is looking for her a part of herself that was stuck in the uh, in the soul gym. So are we talking scantily clad, like classic Gamora? No, it's just a piece of her soul. Right. Okay. It's literally, you know, like without spoiling too much, it's a piece of her soul. Like, uh, I'm sort of spoiling it by saying it's not the old school bikini clad Gamora, but yeah. That's, that's fine. No, I, that, that just wanted to bring that up. Like, that's weird because I figured that part was all of that was that, but you know, whatever. <laughs> comics, comic book. Yeah. It's definitely worth the read. Sure. Yeah. I might, I keep saying it, but I might end up uh, catching up on this just to kind of keep up with what's going on. So I don't know. Alrighty. Seems seems weird a premise, but then again, we've got so much infinity stuff that's been happening lately. It's just a little bit of overload. Alrighty, you got next. Uh, let us go to. Uh, yeah, sure. Why not? Uh, Injustice versus Messes of the Universe. Uh, I'm about to mix it up. Another one, uh, number two. So. I'll type that out. So basically, we have after the the well, I keep saying after the events of last issue, He Man has joined um, Injustice Universe's Batman and friends in order to stop uh, Super Jerk, the Superman Jerk of that uh, of that time period or universe, not time period. Excuse me. 
uh, He-Man, Tila, and Orko are brought to Earth, uh, where there's where He-Man is trying to get a, a grasp of the situation with uh, with Superman. You know, there's a couple things he doesn't know. He's trying to trying to figure out, and they even bring up Clark the Clark Kent's identity when um, when He-Man is talking about him. So that gets into <clears throat> excuse me that gets into talking about you know the, everything that's been going on in the earth or continue to going on with everything in, in the earth he man takes it upon himself to kind of take a little trip outside he and orko uh to try to see what the world is and they they're apparently in bloodhaven which that can't be a good place to um <laughs> for, for someone out of this earth to, to want to come and check out but he you know justifies it by saying hey his mom's will born on earth and she calls it so she wants to see it himself so he gets out there comes across this young girl who's trying to end uh end her life um which i thought was a character which i thought was a person we would know but apparently it is not uh but then you know a fight breaks out between man bane and copperhead who's a character i'm not too familiar about but nevertheless that this fight ends up happening which brings uh, He-Man, well, which gives He-Man an idea, and he brings back a present or two for Batman and his crew. Um, all in all, and of course, as as tends to happen with uh, He-Man and thereby the, the classic uh, cartoons, there's a little bit of a message in here if you if you think of it. that could be me just re- reading into things because I've been watching a little bit of uh, He-Man on Twitch lately. Not that I needed to, but just it happened to be on. But um, as he's talking to the young lady, he says, you know, there's a little, what seems to be one of the classic um, He-Man, uh, you know, the more you know lessons that happens to pop off in a, in a way. But again, that could be just me thinking about it more so than it also be. But like I said, nonetheless, this issue is interesting so far. It's still to be an interesting mashup of two universes. I mean, you know, whether it comes out to be anything good, but they've been doing a lot of these. So, you know, Masters of the Universe has had a couple. Justice League has and will have a bunch of them, as we'll find out later on. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, well, we'll at least find out about one. So this one's kind of um, an interesting one, and I'm curious to see. I'm, I'm just basically sitting here waiting for the fight between He-Man and Superman and see how that plays out. That's, that's the gist of this whole um, miniseries for me. We'll see you in a couple of issues, I would imagine. That's it for me on that one. What you got? All right. So um, I've got quite a few books. Uh, mm-hmm. Another kind of big uh, event book that I picked up this week that started this week is uh, Edge of Spider-Geddon number one. And uh, this book focuses on... Um, the Spider-Man of an alternate universe who in this universe is a punk rocker uh, by the name of Hobie Brown. Spider-Punk. Yes, this is Spider-Punk. But uh, he definitely uh, bristles at the notion of being a Spider-Punk and would prefer being called Spider-Man. Um, oh, really? Is he doing the, uh, the Bendis thing with, with Miles? Yes and no. Um, because remember... Ultimately, when you're dealing with um, the Spider-Man uh, analog and every 
alternate future or every alternate reality, they only know of one Spider-Man until Spider uh, until uh, what call it um, Spider Verse, right? And then at that point, it's like, oh wait, I'm a member of a much bigger fraternity, so or sorority, depending on how you look at it. Um, you know, it's a lot of fun. It's a little twisted. Um, you know, the, the 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 villain they run into is called. Um, um, well, there's an Eric Masterson in this. It's kind of uh, surprising. And I'm like, what? Thunderstrike? Huh, interesting. And uh, one of the main enemies is Kang the Conglomerator. And I'm like, okay. We're really taking this punk thing all the way to the extreme, you know? So, I mean, makes yeah, sense. Yeah, it does. It absolutely does. So, um, as I said, this is the edge of Spider-Geddon, so ultimately when we get to the end of this, we're on our way to uh, Spider-Geddon. So this is, I believe, um, the first of four Edge of Spider-Geddon books, and then we get the Spider-Geddon Zero and Superior Octopus number one. So that's where we are right now. We're on the edge of Spider-Geddon as the, uh, the spider troops are being uh, rallied. They're basically following the same suit as, as Spider Verse. Point, yeah. Which I still yet to read. Really, Spider Verse yeah. really good. I've heard that, but I don't know. It's like it just seemed to be a lot. So, it was a lot, but it was a lot of really good stuff. So, <laughs> gotcha. You got it. Maybe I'll check it out. Who knows? All righty. So, what's next? What do you got? Um, I'm thinking I probably have. One more, actually, realistically, talk about most of my books. I'm about to say I have one more, or I can do this as a rapid fire. Okay, you know what? Let me do one, and then we'll go rapid fire. If you want to, if you want to, just do that one quick. Okay. Um, I read a bunch of books this week that were pretty good, and really, I only had a couple of kind of, really, only one kind of dud. So um, I'm going to talk about Batman number fifty-three, and this is, and this one hit home for me. Um, uh, it, it really did because, uh, you know, it, 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 it deals a lot with how Bruce Wayne and Batman are trying to work out their, um, their pain and their, uh, their hurt at being jilted at the altar. And that's really an interesting, you know, like this is not what I was expecting as the resolution of this little kind of interlude storyline, uh, in the aftermath of, um, of uh, uh, of Catwoman leaving him at the altar. So, um, you know, we're, we're still in the jury room. We're still um, dealing with the deliberations over uh, Mr. Freeze's uh, guilt or innocence. And Bruce Wayne really hijacks the entire deliberation um, and, and, and takes it in a, a direction I did not expect. And, you know, it's a deep, it's a lot deeper than, than you would expect to read in any superhero book, much less, you know, a Batman book. But King, Tom King, the writer, definitely takes this into, it's definitely in, in a direction that is, you know, wholly unexpected by me. And two, um, was more about dealing with, um, Gothamite's attitudes towards Batman and how they might put him on a pedestal 
and there's a lot of there's biblical references in this um, dealing with uh, specific uh, books of the Bible that are all about um, you know dealing with uh, doubts when it comes to one's faith you know and when you bring that up especially if you're dealing with the New Testament it, it, no uh, scratch that you know if you bring that up everyone thinks of the book of Job so um, that is um, you know that is uh, uh, hard and heavy in this book so um, if he if King was looking to really kind of deconstruct how um, how you know regular everyday citizens might see Batman, uh, you know, through their own eyes, um, especially ones who have kind of lived through a lot of his adventures. Uh, I don't know how Zero Year and all that stuff kind of plays into this, you know, post uh, New Fifty Two. I'm sure that's you know I'm sure that's still the basic canon. But, um, you know, I definitely recommend this issue. You don't even need to have read the first two issues of this arc, to be honest. You know, this is like the important one when it comes down to understanding what Bruce Wayne is going through and what, what King is kind of going after. So um, I don't want to spoil anything. I, it's just a it's I saw this as King really working through Bruce Wayne and Batman's pain and uh, coming to not a healing place because... Not you know not a place of healing because that's definitely not where we are at the end of this, but it's a better place. Gotcha. And Matt Wayne ninety seven asks your question, and he also says, um, "Whoa, how has Ryder Cat not read Spider Spider Verse? It was ah! one of the best Spidey stories in the last five years. It's also got Agent Seven and Tim Talk ninety eight to dress as Ghost Spider. I mean, <laughs> that's awful." I mean, hey. Actually, wait, wait. Um, Spider Gwen did come out of Spider Verse, did she not? Yes, That's she correct. That is correct. That was one of the. That was one of the less ordered, uh, Edge of Spider Verse books, and that went into like fourth and fifth printings, I think. So, yeah, and yeah, and, and that character character has seen some 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 life and legs. So, and I think we're we are both a, a fan of of uh, Spider Gwen. So. But hey, look, we got a lot of books. You know, you can't 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 do all of them. And Spider Verse wasn't, you know, I checked out. Actually, that, it's actually a lie because I did check out part of it. Because at one, I did check out the the, the Spider Gwen issue, and I think I did check out a couple of other ones. Mm. But outside of the whole, the thing in general was like, eh, I, I wasn't too too plus about it. It's funny. Time. I was about to say it's funny. Yeah, Matt Wang is also giving us a question about how I thought as an attorney what. How, how, what I thought he, he's asking what I think of how uh, Tom King has handled the courtroom and the jury scenes in Batman's uh, Batman issues 51 to 53. This uh, storyline, I thought that you know it, it was pretty fair in its treatment. Having not really been in a jury room myself, it's hard to know exactly how that's happening, you know, how, how that works. Um, you know, you know, as as a as an attorney, you don't actually go into the jury room and listen to the deliberation, so you don't know. But you hope that um, there isn't one kind of nut job who's willing to turn over your conviction. <laughs> but that's from the prosecutor's point of view. From the defense point of view, you're hoping for this one guy who's just like, "Hey, we have to," you know, "we have, this case has to be proved beyond a reasonable doubt." So, you What's know, that? exactly in that sense, it's um. You know, it's 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 uh, affirming because there's always a chance, you know, that uh, you know that someone will actually see um, the defense case for what it is, which is you know trying to establish not 
innocence, but uh, proof that is uh, not beyond a reasonable doubt that uh, the prosecution has not been able to establish its case. Out of Jay Z. There you go. <laughs> um. Okay. Cool. 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 So, the, on that note, I guess uh, if you got that, you had another one you wanted to that I wanted to talk about. Um, you got a few. I, I can do. Listen, I can do rapid fire. Okay. Rapid fire. If you want, I'll spin up the Vulcan and we'll move forward. Spin it up. Till it was empty. You heard that? No, I spun it up and spun it, you know, and spun it until the clip was empty. So the magazine was empty. So uh that fan then said, I will go ahead and do my last what two? Go ahead. Or two two slash three. I'll bring up a book, but um normally I would have brought this up in in the regular discussion, but you know, this this train just keeps on going. And that is Star Trek, the next generation, Terra Incognita number two, which they're trying to get into the books for for the longest title, I see. Although the last one was titled. Anyway, regardless of that, um, this episode, this, and well, excuse me, this issue pretty much plays like an episode of um, TNG proper in that it starts off with uh, Picard and this other captain doing fencing. And then this other captain is like, which granted, this other captain's come up in the in the past book anyway. So they were helping this other captain try to fix up their ship uh, to try to get to this these negotiations. What we find out in this one is negotiations with the Cardassians, and this other captain is like, "Hey, we need to we need to show a force, so the Enterprise is probably going to be a better fit to go to to shuttle these ambassadors to uh, the negotiators to the." to the uh to this conference or to the negotiations which you know picard reluctantly gives into and of course per tng you know one thing is planned and then things don't go as planned and troy ends up being mvp by you know and seeing some action while when things go kind of bad uh having to deal with the two delegates of the uh, of the um of the negotiations and trying to uh, basically survive to get to where the negotiations to, to uh, have to happen because something happens with a shuttle. The there's no death, but people get hurt, including the pilot, which had red hair. Well, I was like, well, she's going to be the red shirt. Turns yeah, out no red shirt. <laughs> no, no red shirt, just red haired. But um, yeah. So, but like I said, things happen on the way to the, them trying to get to the negotiation site. You know, like I said, Troy kind of shows and proves and gets the respect of, not necessarily gets the respect, because it's not like she didn't have it, but, you know, there was some animosity between the, the two negotiators and the situation alone to kind of get messed. Some things happen, but they get to where they need to be and then cut to a notification that should not be, should not have popped up. Nevertheless, um, you know, things happen, reports are made. An understanding gets come to at the end of the book, and it gets to be to be continued because this is a miniseries. Um, now, the one thing that kind of ties it to what's been going on with the Mirror Universe stuff um, is that Mirror Barkley is still around, but we only see him in a couple of panels where he slips up right before uh, the shuttle takes off with Troy and the, the negotiations. So, 
yeah, but that's pretty much the only thing that happens in this book that that kind of brings that up. Overall, like I said, I this was probably slower. Well, actually, it took much. It's not even slower than than what it was. But this is like a little bit more action packed than than the last issue. But it's definitely still plays out like an episode of TNG. Like I said, and whatever is to come after this is going to be the case. Um, Star Wars Beckett number one. So Woody Harrison. Um, and his crew is, um, you know what? Let me stop that. So this 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 uh, issue is about the story of Beckett, who is who's played by Woody Harrison in Star Wars <laughs> and Solo, but he's basically slaying himself. So whatever. Yeah. It, that at least that's what I took from the movie personally. But let me say it wasn't a good performance, but it was regardless. So this is set before Solo movie, and this is he Val and um, I can't remember the other guy's name with the arms, but them doing a heist or them doing a scam to do a heist so they can get the score so they can get up out the game. And as tend to happen, things don't go the way they, you know, the way they think they should, but they get out of it. But at the end of this, they still end up being indebted to uh, Dryden Boss, who apparently is no relation to Quinlan Boss. For all you Star Wars uh, notaries, you know who that is. And also, which seems to be weird, I don't know why, but NF's Nest shows up, who is the Destiny character looking person, the young, young lady that shows up. She doesn't, she doesn't, she shows up in armor. So we, at this point, we don't know that she's a young lady. But, you know, as the beginning of the solo movie suggests, like, you know, NF's always comes along to, to be, to be a thorn in, um, in Beckett's and his crew's side. And this was no different. It still seemed kind of weird that it happened, but at the same time, like I said, Solo kind of established the fact that it, that you know them and their crew tends to show up. So, here's what it is: if you know, it's another Star Wars book. It's a it's a one shot, just like those have been a few of them. If you're curious about what this character is about and and seeing the uh, nice, you know, seeing basically the same thing you would have seen in, in Solo anyway from this character, mm-hmm. go check it out. Um, one more book I'm going to bring up, even though I have not read it. I just skimmed through it because I think we'll probably end up talking about it shortly in news. But there's Luke Cage Marvel uh, digital one shot original that came out <clears throat> on Comicsology today. Uh, and again, I'm just kind of am I just kind of skimmed through it, but um, it starts off with with Luke kind of and around in and around Harlem with. Daniel, he's taking Danielle, he's taken care of, and and uh, he meets this person, and uh, some things pop off, and apparently we find out something um, in the course of this book that apparently Luke Cage is not as indestructible as uh, he has been portrayed. Now, granted, we know Luke Cage has unbreakable skin. Other parts of his body or the inside of his body, more specifically, not so much. And apparently we find out that um, what he ends up having is akin to something that boxers get when they get punched drunk or get punched too drunk and things start getting, uh, you know, things start happening in the brain. So apparently we come to find out that Luke may have a similar condition whose name escapes me at this point. But um, say again. Hmm. 
Pagan, you're looking for the the punch drunk uh, disease. Um. Well, wait a minute. Hang on. They they oh, CTE. Yes. Okay. Yes. So come to come to find out that he has that. Um, and he's dealing with that now. As the as we've talked about in these uh, in with these books, so it's these are digital comics that come out two chapters every um, so often. I can't remember how often it is, but after three one months, they're going to put them in in uh, print form, and there's going to be like I think there's like three of them each. So there's going to be like technically six six books worth of, six issues worth of books coming out. So this is the first one. It's sometimes it's good to check out some of these. Uh, this is not uh, a comicsology original because I think I would have been able to borrow it if it had been, as it was some of them. But nevertheless, it is on there as a Marvel Comics original. So sometimes it's good to check out because you don't get to see those come up on the comic list, unless unless they go to print, which comic list I use. You know, I tend to use when I'm when I'm looking for books, and then I'll go to comicsology and check out what's there with that kind of stuff. And usually there's some good stories on it. Like so the last couple of. Uh, Black Panther books that I spoke of outside of the main one has come out of that. Okay, so you may or may not want to check that out and see what um what comes of it. Alrighty, so uh, those are your last two books for Rapid Fire. Is uh, it? See if I can uh, speed this along. My next book is uh, Doctor Strange number four. Uh, what I can say about this is that it's uh, it's nice to see Doctor Strange is getting his mojo back. And they literally mentioned that in the book, so um, this is a nice uh, this is a nice step up for uh, Wade's Doctor Strange because it's been tough to see him, um, you know, kind of brought power, brought, you know, uh, made powerless again after having seen him powerless so recently in the Jason Aaron book, you know, the Jason Aaron storyline. So. Um, it's, it's, it was tough to see him kind of, uh, brought low without any magic to speak of again, but it's nice to see him rediscovering it. Um, and that, and, and there's, um, and there's, a a, a pretty cool, uh, although not overly developed, uh, bad guy in this issue. Uh, we'll see more of him in the next one though. Uh, Justice League number six. Uh, I have to say it's interesting to see the Justice League in Scott Snyder's hands getting their butts handed to them by the Legion of Doom. So if you you know if you if you're looking to see um, this group of heroes being humble, this is definitely the book that you should be reading right now. Um, Tony Stark, Iron Man number three. This is a weird opening arc. Um, I have to say that uh, uh, slots beginning arc on Tony Stark Iron Man has been a little up and down for me. I definitely understand why some people would be would have some trepidation when it comes to picking this up. I'm willing to give him some more slack, but you know, especially considering that he's um, expanding the supporting character uh, uh, base for the book, uh, bringing in a lot of the old favorites such as Bethany Cabe and Jocasta, but also bringing in X-51, a.k.a. Machine Man, is in this. And um, and uh, there's definitely some, some, some more twists coming up. And finally, um, I, hate, I hate to relegate this book to rapid fire, but uh, I'll finish up with Thor number four. This is a hugely fun issue. Um, you know, there's so much insanity going on in, uh, in Jason Aaron's uh, uh, book returning 
Thor Odinson back to the mantle of Thor. Uh, the, you have to remember the War of the Realms is still going on. And, uh, you know, they've, they, they've brought Thor and put and dropped him right into the thick of things. And, you know, he's not up to full power. So he's definitely has to, he definitely has to, uh, do things in a slightly different fashion. And, uh, plenty of great supporting character work in this book. Thory the dog is, uh, still a great read. So, um, this is a candidate for click of the week for me. I've got a couple of, I've got a, a few choices for a click of the week this week that I have to kind of sort through before we make our decisions. Well, then I guess this will be the time to make that decision because we're coming uh-huh. up to it. Um, but before that, real quick, I was going to say, you know, Tony's, Tony Stark seems like uh, a hard character to do anything with outside of being with, you know, with the Avengers. Personally, I don't know. Like, granted, classically, yes, he, you know, he's had a good run in the past, but I mean, nowadays, I don't know. And I would imagine there are probably some people that are not checking this book out because of slots, especially W status, but that's a whole nother thing in itself. His what? SJW status. Oh, that's lame, stupid. And, I mean, but it's true. It's true. Um, but that said, like I said, I, I kind of for a lot of people that makes him want to pick up the book more. So it, go, it cuts both ways. I'm hoping that's the case. Also, yes, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping. I mean, slots like slots done some good stuff in the past. So it's not like you know, you can't say he's the bad writer. Exactly. You know? Hello. Yeah. Exactly. Um, Superior Spider. The 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 um. The uh, uh, Silver Surfer run is pretty good, but you know, you know we're not good to champion. We're just things are things. Exactly. So, and again, some characters are kind of hard to kind of, you know, write. Yeah, absolutely. All righty, so I guess we have uh, clicks of the week coming up. Indeed. All right. So, do you have one? Uh, We've got a couple. We've got a couple from our, our, our esteemed colleagues. And while you're thinking, I'll go ahead and bring those up. Um, so from Dirt, we actually have Batman number 53. That's a good uh, choice. Yeah, he said something in the back channel about, let's see. Yeah, Lee Weeks' art is always a win. Um, and from Tim, which, again, going back to kind of no surprise, Extermination number one mm-hmm. from Tim. Uh, for myself... Hmm. I kind of want to go with multiple. Actually, you know what? I will. Um, extermination, extermination is pretty good, actually, what, from what I read. But I'm going to go with Multiple Man number three. That was a a weird kind of fun book. Hmm. So what's your choice? Uh, multiple Man number three. Okay. Oh, man. I'm... This one's a tough one for me this week. I did like Batman number 53 a lot. Um, I definitely liked Infinity Wars. I liked Extermination. I also like Thor number four. Ugh. This stinks. Gotta choose. That's not easy running cleanup, is it? Choose, gotta choose, gotta choose. I'm going to go with Batman number 53. I'm going to back up dirt on this one because, uh, like I said, this one kind of hit home for a lot of different reasons. Definitely, uh, you know, uh, I, I, you know, we've all found ourselves in uh, Bruce Wayne's 
choose. Maybe not being jilted at the altar, but there's a line in this where, um, you know, as a result of all this, uh, you know, he kind of admits to to Alfred that uh, he's lost. And, you know, reading that and how we get to that point uh, really, you know, it, it is a great job of writing on King's part and um, actually explains how we get a, a small change in the status quo in Batman. So that's it for Clicks of the Week this week. Actually, I was going to, and I totally forgot my own joke, but I was going to make a joke in that my Click of the Week was going to be this one. If you're watching the video. And that is Street Fighter Summer Sports Special number 2018. Or oh, it could have been dirt if he hit and put one in there, but luckily he did. <laughs> if, if the name sounds, sounds like what you would think it is, it kind of is, kind of harkens back to the Marvel uh, swimsuit editions. Nice. Actually, I think DC also has some like that, but yeah, it looks to be harkening back to that. Nice. But um, that was, I, I saw that in Comixology and thought that was kind of funny. All right. So. so oh, an ad. Excuse me. Yeah, no, exactly. I was about to say, we're going to get to our first ad of the night. Our first ad of the night is for audible.com. For you, the listeners of the Click Nation's Comic Book Chronicles podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. Um, can rem- we recommend an audiobook of, uh, uh, of many choices from many choices available at audible.com. Um, there are several examples, including Between the World and Me by Ta-Nehisi Coates, um, The Misadventures of Awkward Black Girl by Issa Rae, uh, It by Stephen King, and uh, Slobberknocker, My Life in Wrestling by Jim Ross. These are all available on Audible. And um, you, our loyal listeners and viewers, can download your pick uh, of an audiobook free by trying audible.com. To download it, you can go to audibletrial.com forward slash uh, Nation. Oh, no, it's forward slash Comic Book Chronicles. I apologize. It's uh, www.audibletrial.com forward slash Comic Book Chronicles. Go there to uh, download your free audio book. We should really go on, on Audible and try to find some. Um, like, granted, some of those, were, I mean, those would work, but I'm saying we should try to find some more comic related uh, Audible books for, for giggles. Yeah, absolutely. But that being said, um, it's time for the news. Do, do, do. And as we do about this time, we're going to start off with the cinematic news, and we're going to start off with, which I hate insights with auto playing audio, uh, audio video, excuse me, but we're going to make it roll. Sebastian Stan reveals his favorite MCU line, and it's heartbreaking. So I think it says that he was talking with uh, a podcast, I guess, or a show, talk about his, his work in the MCU, and... Uh, his favorite piece of dialogue comes from uh, Captain America Winter Soldier. Um, and it's who the hell is Bucky? Oh, yeah. That's a great line. Yeah. I don't know. I figured it was a little bit more throwaway, but then again, I was, you know, I well, guess it 
in the in the course of what was going on at the time, it does make it does resonate. What I was gonna say is it it definitely I think hit the mainstream movie viewer harder than it did the people who are more familiar with the storyline. Right. Because I heard audible gasps from the audience. <laughs> did not know who that was. And I was like, come on, you know? Right. So once yeah. that line drops, you're just like, okay, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I said, I just kind of took it around where it was like, okay, I get it. He's, he's you know, he doesn't have his memory. That, so I just kind of glossed over it. But at the same time, I was like, yeah, okay, I can see it. Gotcha. All right. So I guess a follow-up story is that uh, Sebastian Stan wants your fanfic. Oh, God. So, so yeah. He, and, wants and the- it, he wants it as a way to have fans best deal with their emotions in the wake of Infinity War. Okay. Right. So basically, yeah, talking to the same in the same interview, he was he was uh, saying, you know, it's like, you know, that scene where he where he disappeared was emotional and for many and as well as himself. And, you know, he basically told people, was like, yeah, write it down, write down your feelings. And the, uh, and the person who was interviewing was like, so like fanfic. <laughs> and he was like, sure. Which that's a door. He, I don't know if he, maybe he does. He's aware of, you know, the nature of some fanfics open the door for that, which come on, who, if you know anything about fanfic, there's probably some more salacious stuff out there about him and probably him and Steve. out there. <laughs> Whether he knows about it or not, so right, right, right. But you know, so that was just a little fun little thing that happened in the course of that same interview. Uh, looking on the Infinity War train, and that special effect at the end of Avengers Infinity War was based on one specific Infinity Gem, which I find kind of hard to believe, knowing the history of the gems. But and I should also go. Take this moment to point out that um, Avengers Infinity War is out on video right now. We are getting nothing from that. I'm just saying. Uh, but yeah, so apparently the Power Stone was the one that caused people to to, to um, disappear out of existence. And I'm sitting here like, why? How? Because uh-huh. given the nature of the gems, they, especially as we know classically, they kind of work in tandem. Right. They work and, together. And that the power one kind of boosts the other ones. So if you had said, yeah, it was this other one, like the space stone or something, and just, you know, that was being amped up by the power stone, the uh, power, you know, then okay. But apparently, yeah. Ah, uh, okay. I mean, so, this is, this was from the, uh, the, 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 um, the effects supervisor, Dan Delu saying this. Okay. All right. So, you know, uh, this isn't, you know, this is sort of like a weird Warner Brothers uh, um, um, Disney slash MCU crossover, but. Ooh, I'm dying! <laughs> I'm sure that'll be the next set of books since Disney's already had theirs. I mean, uh, DC's already had theirs. Yeah. Um, but next up. All right. Uh, next up. Gosh, I get this one. Early Infinity War draft included Howard the Duck. Howard. That, that. Oh gosh! Oh man! Um, so you know, we did see Howard the Duck in the first at the end of the first Guardian. So um, he was he apparently was going to make another appearance in an early Infinity War draft, and uh, which makes sense because then they end up going back to nowhere at some point yeah, or something. They did. That would have made some sense. 
He did. And um, I'm surprised that, uh, that that you don't know this because uh, I'm, I'm surprised. Did you pick up your Infinity War copy already? No, not yet. Oh, see? See, uh, your very own Agent underscore 70 already picked up his um, Blu-ray <laughs> digital copy yesterday, a uh, Tuesday, actually, and, and already sat and watched it Tuesday night. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm up on my uh, Infinity War stuff. Nice. Yeah, I was going to. I was, I was going to pick them up when I go pick up my book, but I haven't done that yet. So. Gotcha. But yeah, so that's the thing, and I'm sure there's much, much many more deleted scenes and other tidbits you'll find out when you look check out the Blu-rays, other stuff. Um, and speaking of, video evidence that Thor's roommate Daryl survived Avengers Infinity War. Nathaniel from Thompson and I'm Southern, folks. Uh, so yeah, in the wake of uh, Thanos' snap in... Wait, wait, wait I, I missed what it is you're pronouncing a certain way? It, it, I... I uh, infinity, and sometimes I realize it says it sounds like I'm saying affinity. Ah, okay. I pushed myself on that one. Not that anybody would would call it up, but regardless. So yeah, there's a video out there. I, I'm assuming it's on the um on the DVD, and uh, yep, it is that uh, Daryl, who's we've only seen on the Blu-rays of other like, specifically Thor uh, movies, I guess. Which actually I hadn't seen all the 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 featurettes on all that stuff. Like I'm slipping. Either way. Um, he's still alive after the snap. Okay, so yay! All right. <laughs> Wait, right, is, there is there a Daryl? And have you seen um 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 um, um Deadpool too? I have not. Okay, because I'm about to say, isn't there also a Daryl there? Which it's a different Daryl, not saying that's one. coming out on home videos next week. I it's already out, I believe. I think it's already out. No, on home video. Yeah, it's I thought it was on video. No, it's out on digital. The Blu-ray yeah, came out. Okay, I thought it came out on the same day as this, or uh, last week. Twenty-first. Gotcha. Okay. Well, there you go, folks. Plug, plug. Not that we're getting anything about this, like I said. Um, but all twenty MCU films are returning to the theaters for the tenth anniversary festival for a tenth anniversary special festival. Get your butts and seats, people, and just glue them there. Cause holy cow, that's a lot of movies. At one time, I would I, obviously there's going to be an intervention. Uh, intervention, uh, intervention. There needs to be an intervention if you're going on. Um. So yeah. So in celebration of a decade of uh, the Marvel Cinematic, you all twenty feature, all twenty features will return to IMAX theaters, which I think that's a pretty good way to to watch them, I guess. Mm-hmm. Across the United States and Canada for the Marvel Studios' tenth anniversary film festival, the event will take. Place exclusively in IMAX theaters from August 30th to September 6th. So they are breaking them up. Makes a whole hell of a sense. Because mm-hmm. there would be some ranked movie theaters. Anyway, uh, the first five days of the festival, Thursday, August 30th to Monday, the September 3rd, uh, will feature all 20. Oh, wait, hang on. Oh, we'll feature all 20 movies in order of release. Started with Iron Man and ended with Ant Man and the Wasp, with four films screened each day. Uh, in addition, of the in the, in addition, this initial run will mark the very first time that Iron Man, Incredible Hulk, and Captain America: First Adventures have been shown in IMAX. Ah, there's some incentive to catch, at least in my opinion, Iron Man and the first and Cap: The First Avenger in IMAX. I would think so. And that Hulk movie is actually not bad, also. But um, I got to deal with uh, Ed Burns, not Ed Burns, Ed Norton. Yeah, there that is the caveat there. But hey, 
according to the South Coral, also the sixth day of the festival, the fourth, will have an origins theme and feature Iron Man, Spider Man Homecoming, Black Panther, and Doctor Strange. The seventh will follow with team ups featuring with uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, Captain America Civil War, Avengers, and um, Avengers Infinity War. So basically, they're going to go down the line and then just break up up in days. That's an interesting way to do it. That makes sense. Makes sense. I'm seeing some of those twice, I guess. Right. But... Okay. Uh, next up. Well, I'll take it. doesn't say here, though, but I guess. No, yeah, the first two days they're going to. No, so no, so I was right. That's. Hmm. Weird. Uh, lastly, the final day of the festival will feature two films chosen by the fans. A poll is being held on IMAX's Twitter page, by the way. Uh, allowing the viewers who to take vote to to vote between Iron Man, Captain America, First Avengers, The Avengers, and Black Panther. I can only imagine which ones are going to make that cut. <laughs> but it will be open until August seventh, which is already over with. So don't even bother. Right, that's already been determined, people. Yeah. So if you're near an IMAX and you're willing to um plunk down for this, go right on ahead. Man, this is one of those things where if you had like. You know, if you're a student and you just had a few bucks and an IMAX theater handy, man. I was about to say, yeah, and those who don't new, normally go together. Back. So, so. And I don't think this is the thing you can do with MoviePass, which they're having their own issues. They're having their own issues. Yeah, let's leave that out, you know. Moving right along. Yeah, next up, we have Lucasfilm is celebrating Star Wars The Clone Wars movie's 10th anniversary. So the animated movie officially came out 10 years ago this week. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you're a Clone Wars fan, with you know, especially with the news of uh, Clone Wars series coming back, hey, this is good news. There's been a, a few of that coming out. Okay. So, you could check that movie out. It's pretty good. The, obviously, the show's you know, a little bit better, but hey, do it. In fact, I think the movie falls, if, if the, the, chronologically is to be, chronologically, the chronology is to be believed, this movie falls a, like... Second and third of the issues, or something, like, or, or the, of the um, episodes, or something, somewhere in between there. I don't know. That's... I, I I watched that. I watched the Clone Wars uh, pursuant to the chronology, and yes, you have to wait to watch this movie. Right, which I did not do because I didn't have that chronology until after I got past the point that got screwed up. Right. <laughs> Although you could argue about some of the stuff in later seasons, kind of also are out of order, but whatever it is, Clone Wars is good regardless. So go check that out. Uh, next up. Oh, stop, please. Uh, the Punisher Season 2 wraps filming. So Season 2 is coming. Uh, Curtis Hoyle. Oh, I'm sorry. Curtis Hoyle actor Jason Moore announced on Instagram Saturday that it's a wrap. Uh, and that should be coming out later, probably next year, I would imagine. All righty. Uh, following up on more Netflix Marvel news, Iron Fist Season 2 almost included Moon Knight. Uh, do you have a, a bit in here about the trailer dropping this morning? I do not. Okay, so coincidentally, the uh, Iron Fist uh, Season 2 trailer dropped this morning, and there's a couple of tidbits in there that we can talk about as well. But uh, apparently, uh, Moon Knight almost was included as a character in this, and it's a shame um, because... Uh, the Netflix shows do a good job of, you know, sp- you know, speaking of the Punisher, mm-hmm. do a good job of introducing, you know, major Marvel characters as supporting characters and then spinning them off. We've already seen it. 
Yeah, specifically the Marvel Knights characters. Right, and we've already seen it, so this was a prime opportunity to have Moon Knight make an appearance and then spin him off into his own Netflix show. I know there's some people out there that is not checking for Moon Knight at all, but, you know, if... But at the same time, he's a blank slate to a lot of people. That is that is that also right, and that provides uh, you know fertile ground for a lot of and you know and the character itself provides fertile ground for a lot of uh, uh, a lot of experimentation. I would mm-hmm. say that um, Iron Fist the trailer um, shows that they have definitely learned from a lot of the mistakes that they made with the first Iron Fist season. They are um, adapting and adopting a lot of the things that made Iron Fist a, a, a tolerable. Uh, almost uh, cool character in Luke Cage uh, season two. Right, so, right. Uh, did you finish watching it yet? Nope. I um. That's why. Some... That's why I, I I was trading lightly. I didn't mm-hmm. necessarily want to say everything. Yeah, I mean, I am like I'll basically say it. I'm on episode nine, and I've been on that for like a few weeks because like I've had the time to actually. Well, I actually kind of hadn't had the time to watch because things have been going on, but mm-hmm. I have. Had time to kind of creep up on it and i just haven't um which we're talking about with another netflix series that's coming out but that being said um i didn't have it in the rundown but since you already brought it up the first trailer for iron fist season two finds danny Rand fighting a classmate i'm assuming that's some of the stuff you've been alluding that you were alluding to so yeah and it definitely draws on we are definitely drawing upon the fraction immortal iron fist stuff in this we're definitely name to admit that I have not read. Don't at me. Oh man. man. <laughs> oh, that is some good stuff there. You don't have to be an Iron Fist fan to to to, to Well I know, that is true, but it was like I remember after reading um Fractions Hawkeye Run, I was gonna go back and read it because I've never read Immortal uh, Iron Fist and I never got back to it. But I have it saved up in Marvel Unlimited. So and yes, I've heard nothing but good things about that series. I just hadn't had a chance to read it yet. Anyway, moving right along really, really quickly. Uh, Runaway Season 2 will arrive this winter and feature a connection to the MCU. Have you watched uh, Runaways? Or no! Carried? Hook a brother up! Oh, that's right. It's on Hulu. Yeah. <laughs> that's terrible. I mean, hey, it, it is what it is. So I'm, I, I'm not even, not even blaming you for that. I have to watch it itself, and I do have Hulu, so I don't, I don't know. But one of these days, uh, next up. All right, next up, uh, Wreck It Ralph's newest trailer is Fast Furious with Vin Diesel and full of Disney princesses. I mean, kind of. So Gal Gadot, who was also uh, amongst the, the the few, the proud of in the Fast and Furious, yes, is playing a voice. Is 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 voicing a character who isn't not unlike her character in Fast and Furious from from the trailer, or at least it is from the trailer suggests. So, yeah, so there is that. Um, if you haven't had a chance to check out the trailer, it's actually pretty cute. Um, I have not seen Rick and Ralph, so this is just continuing a whole line of things we've been. <laughs> I don't blame you for that one, though. Yeah, I mean, I, and I, I actually watched I, it, but I, you know, I don't blame you for that one. Yeah, I actually have a copy of it. So, well, not have a copy, but I was given a copy through, I think, Movies Anywhere, actually, I think. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, uh, if you, I think it may or may not be over. So, 
I don't have this in the run now, but I meant to. Uh, Microsoft just joined Movies Anywhere. So you can hook up your uh, Microsoft account so you can play movies or anywhere stuff on your Xbox. They are giving Days of Future Past, I believe. X-Men Days of Future Past. Right. With that, which I guess one I already had, but oh, you don't have to watch it. So go take care of that. Uh, next up. Uh, Disney's Mulan kicks off production with first uh, photo. So this is a live action version of Disney's Mulan. Uh, and we have, again, something else I still have not seen. Um, <laughs> yes. oh, um, what was I going to say? Oh, so they released this photo of uh, Liu Yifei. Yife? I'm sorry for mispronouncing your name. Why do I always get the ones that I have to mispronounce people's names? Why? Anyway, we get this photo that you can see here on the um, uh, on the video, and you should be watching the video sometimes, because sometimes we, we, we show off some good stuff, like maybe later. But yes, uh, a live action adaptation is coming. It is going to arrive in theaters March 27th, 2020. And uh, it looks like uh, we got a nice crew going along with us, like Donnie Yen, Jason Scott Lee, uh, Yosan An, uh, a bunch of other people, because I'm not even. Oh, Rosalind, Rosalind Chow, Chow from D Space Nine, Chen Pei Pei, a bunch of people. From a bunch of different things, and including Jet Li, apparently is going to be a part of this. So, star studded, folks. Uh, in 2020, we won't have to wait. There was a lot of buzz on this on social media, so should uh, check that out. Next up. Alrighty, next up, uh, more live action Disney. First live action Kim Possible teaser trailer has arrived. Stop! So this one's going to be on Disney Channel, so this is not going to be in the theaters. Um, it's it's worth pointing out. And yeah, we've, we've kind of already talked about who's going to be a part of this, but there's a trailer. I still haven't watched that because Kim Possible was a little after my time. Which is one of the few things that's been past my time that I care about not watching, that I don't care about watching. Uh, next up, Disney intends to release all completed Fox films after purchase. So that means stuff that's like in pre-production or production right now. Apparently, because that is including um some stuff. So yeah, because I think um there's another Simpsons movie supposed to be coming. Um, sounds like Planet of the Apes, Predator, all that stuff. That's you know that's yeah, because that Predator movie is kind of some ways in. Mm-hmm. So, I think that Avatar movie. I don't care who wants that, but regardless. Um, yeah, so whatever stuff that was already in the pipeline. Oh, you'll be happy to know this. Well, at least according to this article, uh, properties like an adaptation of Peter David Peterson's Mouse Guard are also safe bets to make the transition to Disney. Nice. Because I know you are a fan of uh, Mouse Guard. Mouse Guard rocks. Did you see the, you see the um, board game? I did. And I know that there's a role-playing game out there, too. It's just not stuff I have time to uh, dabble in right now, but I definitely... Uh, would like to support and encourage people to support uh, Mouse Guard products. Yeah, I saw that. I was in the, the and I think I may have brought this up before, but I was in the a, a, a local comic, uh, I mean, not comic, uh, game stop, game, uh, game store, not stop. Mm-hmm. All that, and I was, wasn't sure if we had talked about that board game or not. And, and obviously, I, saw, I thought of you when I saw it, so there you go. There you go. Uh, the next up. All right. Uh, 
The Batman to begin filming in spring 2019 with Ben Affleck producing. So we're still not sure if Affleck's going to put the cape and cowl back on, but he's there to produce Matt Reeves' The Batman, which is going to start principal photography next spring. I feel like there was another article around this time that suggested, but there's been stuff going back and forth that suggested that that, uh, Affleck's going to be in in the cape and the cowl for this movie. So we don't know. We'll find out when we find out. Um, Justice League producers supposedly wanted Mark Wahlberg as the Green Lantern. No, th- uh, no thanks. thanks. I would also go so far as to say, and I didn't put this in the, lo- the lineup for reasons, there was a rumor, or actually it wasn't even a rumor, I think somebody had put it out there that um, whether it was a rumor or not, it doesn't matter, that um, Tom Cruise was also in the running, and a, a specifically the front runner to become Green Lantern. I'd rather have Tom Cruise because he'd just be Maverick. Uh, I mean, he kind of already is at this point, but um, you know what I mean. Like he'd just be Maverick, you know, the test pilot. Hmm. True. And just an older version, but they aren't, and they're still doing Top Gun two. Yep. Which I think he's supposed to be part of. So yeah, I guess that would still fit. But again, think that was kind of a hoax or not true or been debunked something. Regardless. I think they said they wanted it early on. They might have wanted them for an earlier treatment, but that didn't come across. We don't know. All this stuff is still up in the air of all this stuff. But Go away, Mark Wahlberg. Go away. <laughs> so next up, uh, Batwoman's Ruby Rose quits Twitter following fan backlash. Which is really come stupid. on, fans. Yeah, this is stupid. And it's all, all, almost always dudes. Stupid Listen. trolls. Yeah. So, you know, this is just another in a long list of people leaving Twitter for for being um you know just getting trolled to death, whatever the case may be, and these fools think they they won, which I guess kinda of said they might have, but you know, that kind of stupidity needs to stop. That's all I say about that. Um DC Films Birds of Prey casting biracial black canary. Okay. So, yeah, we could see a biracial black canary in the in the Birds of Prey movie. Uh, no word on who's in the running or anything, I don't think. But yeah, it's a thing. We'll see if it comes to get comes to pass. All right. So next up, Cyborg has been cast for the DC Universe's uh, the streaming service, the Doom Patrol series. That's and weird. that's actor Joyvin Wade, the first from the first purge. Okay. Sure. Whatever. Yeah, I, yeah, and there's a picture of him right there. But yeah, anyway, moving right along. Let's, was, wait, was Cyborg ever a part of Doom Patrol? I don't. Uh, nope. And wouldn't wouldn't he be a dude, better? I dude, I don't know. I, I don't know. Because they do have a Titans thing. So, you oh, know, I don't know. We're going too far with that. Uh, these Avatar The Last Vendor posters have mastered all four elements. Pun, 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 pun. So as you can see here, there are four. Uh, Avatar The Last Airbender posters, which are pretty awesome, including one including Aang, both young and old, with his family, uh, and Appa, of course, star of the show Appa. Um, so these are some cool... Oops. I don't know who, hey, who's the artist. It doesn't matter who... No, I'm sorry. <laughs> Look, is the artist who did these, and it sounds like there's going to be a Legend of Korra one. Um, coming soonish. So that's some good good stuff, though. 
Uh, I don't know where you're supposed to buy them, but or if you can buy them, but they're out there, folks. Go check them out on his Twitter page. All right. So next up, and I'm going to ring the spoiler bell because I know this just dropped last week. I've burned through the entire season already. It's not oh, yeah. you know that. <laughs> I saw your tweet on that. Yeah, I'm saying I burned through the whole thing. It was like three in the morning. I'm like, yo, I just finished it, man. <laughs> um, so I'm going to ring the spoiler bell. So apparently, the Netflix Voltron show's showrunner apologized for the series' handling of a gay relationship. This relationship, it kind of came out of the blue, for one. And two, apparently, you know, uh, people are frustrated with how it was depicted. And I'm like, what? How? I mean, listen, I have not yet read this article and seen how people might be offended by how it was depicted. I didn't take any offense to anything I was watching. It was just kind of out of the blue. I was just like, so okay, so this character is gay. I and mean, I, from there, you know, I was like, okay. Yeah, I would imagine this would probably hit towards more people who are gay themselves. Right. No, but in terms of the depiction and in terms of how it was portrayed, like, it, it's, it, honestly, I didn't see how you know what what could be taken offense to but like i said having not read the articles i'm not going to uh further uh stick uh uh set foot uh in my mouth and just try to figure it out after i read it yeah and i haven't seen i i am so far behind i said i'm like i'm I'm so far behind i'm gonna go ahead and restart the whole series again because i know i watched uh season one and i haven't started season two and it just snowballed from there they have actually been coming out with these uh fairly in a good reasonable time yeah no i gotta say um there's a couple that listen they actually make fun of the fact that some of the characters that they introduce in the in the various seasons are rather forgettable mm. uh, in 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 the most recent season season seven mm-hmm. and it's kind of funny that way it's just kind of like hey do you remember this character like literally literally comes up and you're just like oh my god i totally don't remember that and you know they kind of poke fun you know it's very meta in that sense but i have to say that it's all been leading up to the season and this is a great capper to what you would think is like a kind of like a big arc dealing with the galra so um you know it's definitely worth the time to invest in watching this it's pretty well done and a lot of the seasons are not that this is not well this is not an excuse because i haven't you finished it would come up and because i know some of the seasons are not that um not that long yeah they are not long listen this is like stuff that if you have uh, a tablet and you literally are like doing long like this is how i uh, how, how i burn through a lot of these like while you're doing like you know kind of normal household stuff just have it on in the background and just watch it you know and if you miss something you just rewind it mm-hmm. you know and that's generally how i binge a lot of this stuff by doing other stuff yeah, not usually how I do stuff that I haven't seen before or, you know, stuff that I, I'm really interested in. Like, right, like I know you want to put all your attention towards it, but at the same time, um, yeah. right, because it's on Netflix and because you can binge it, mm-hmm. you know, that's what that, that's my point. It's like you can stop it and go back to what you might have missed. Mm. Yeah, but I, the only thing I was going to say about this article is that, yeah, I haven't seen season seven yet, much less most of the other stuff, but I can only imagine... In fact, I did when I saw the article. When I saw the article heading, what could be the problem? Because I know sometimes things get handled in a not great way with certain relationships. 
you know, if you're talking about like bridging in the comic books type situations or whatever, I don't know what happened here, but you know, it apparently it didn't sit well with a lot of people probably rightfully so. Gotcha. Um, but I guess, yeah, we'll see when I get to that point. Uh, African fantasy comic Malika Warrior Princess in development for animated series created in Nigeria. Nice. Uh, so this is from Unique Studios, which is that's awesome. I think I've read a book from this because it was they had a free comic book day book that I read, and it's like it seems kind of interesting, but I never really followed back up in, with reading anything else. So uh, Unique Studios, the, the creators of this uh, comic, is is doing a fundraiser on Kickstarter uh, that launched in late July. Uh, Roye Akopu. I apologize for screwing up your name. If I have, has already surpassed his initial fifteen thousand dollar goal. Uh, Unique has already come commissioned a two minute teaser reel, which is in this article for uh, Malika Warrior Queen, hiring a, a Nigerian animation crew for this African medieval drama. So okay. that's pretty cool. So I don't know where it will land, but I hope it will land somewhere big and, and gets and get um, the time is right for for this to. So stuff like this to come out. Alrighty, so I guess we can transition to comic book news. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh, I love that. Alrighty, so first up, uh, eat your heart out, Sailor Moon. Agents of the Realm gives us a new era of girl power that's all inclusive. Okay. Yes, yeah, so I had been hearing about this webcomic, uh, but I have not checked it out for. Yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah. Uh, right. <laughs> it's been out. It's been around since 2014. Uh, it's a magical girl series by comic artist Mildred Lewis. What? Now that I think about it, that's now I know where I seen that from because I think I follow that that, that artist. Um. So yeah, and they also have a Kickstarter to put this out in to put her web comics out in reprint. So if you are interested in that and have already checked out the web comic, you should go. Check out the um, check out the Kickstarter. Alrighty. Uh, Marvel reaches out to John Byrne about new work after a bitter oh, break. Skipped a couple. Did I? Yeah. Oh, hold on. Yep. <clears throat> you say a couple? That's not good. Oh shoot! Oh, you're right. I did. Hey, how the hell? Oh yeah, because I think we were talking at the time. So rewind. Thank you. And we will go with Marvel announces 10 part uncanny X-Men arc disassembled. Because as I said in my tweets, uh, what is old is new again. (laughs) Disassembled. Now we already talked about ex- ex- extermination, so I I'm going to assume that this is leading into or from. I could be totally wrong about that. I believe they're reusing disassemble. I was yeah, I was like really, but then again, come on, we've had two civil wars and well, excuse me, we've had th- three secret wars and two civil wars. I, I yeah. surprised by this, and they're you know, yeah, but at least it's at least you kind of understood the, the the play on words with Avengers Assemble and then Avengers Disassembled. You couldn't come up with X Men, well, <laughs> exterminated. I mean, that one's already being used, yeah, so. exactly. I don't, yeah, but then it doesn't also 
kind of give across the the message that they're not exterminating anyone here they're breaking the team down to build them back up yes but oh i understand why they're using the term but you know so here's my problem with that when they did that with uh, avengers they did build them back up they got rid of them for a couple of years Mm, i mean out of out of uh disassembled came new avengers though well yeah but it took a while for that to come back because it was no, it wasn't that. I guess, I guess yeah, okay, yes, I guess you could count that. Yeah, but like I said, it was there was if I'm not mistaken, it was a little bit of a difference between Disassembled and and when they brought back New Avengers. No, I think it was like on the heels of it. You sure? Because I don't think it was all Bendis. Yeah, it definitely was all Bendis. Which you know, take for that from what you will. Yeah. Um, which actually, I, I take that back because I liked New Avengers when it came out because it did some, you know. But regardless, it is what it is. We're talking about X Men right now. And I could be very wrong about the, the length of time, so I'll take that. But yeah, so Marvel Comics announced a new 10 part. I believe Matt Rosenberg's doing this one. Am I right? Uh, 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 team include would include uh, creators well-versed in all things X-related. Uh, so Ed Brissom, Kelly Thompson, Matt Rosenberg. Okay, I was right. Mm-hmm. They'll be the ones writing this. Uh, and- yeah, it's a team effort. Yeah. And the the writers will be joined by Mamudas Asrar, R. B. Silva, Yildere Sinar, and Pere Perez. Pere Perez, excuse me. Well, I mean, listen, they've got a good art team there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So you know, and and I think I told uh, Matt Wang when uh, when I retweeted it or whatever it may be, which I didn't mean to do that, but um, then, yeah, I'll be checking it out for you know, Rosenberg. I, I like some of the stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, we're still seeing where Brisson is. Like, obviously, Brisson wrote what Iron Fist and a couple of other things, so he's kind of out there. Right, his first issue of Extermination is pretty good. Mm-hmm. He seems to be pretty decent on action. Kelly Thompson has done some stuff. She's also, which I, I noticed, I've seen some people out there waiting for uh, that new West Coast Avengers, which which she's writing. I kind of halfway am too, because as a lover of the West Coast Avengers, even though I don't like like two people on the team, or at least one or two people on the team, I'm still looking forward to it. Regardless, this is coming up. Uh, did it's, it's going to. Oh, that's right. Because it's, yeah, Uncanny Avengers. Oh, excuse me. Uncanny X Men is coming out in November. So I guess it's, it's coming about around that time. Okay. The thing. Next up, uh, Ben Riley, Scar- Scarlet Spider artist. Uh, Will Sliney is leaving the book early for work on the upcoming. Solo, a Star Wars story adaptation in comic book form. But yeah, they did say that in the back of that um that Beckett one shot. So there you go. Now you can talk about the John Byrne story. Now we can bring that up. Wait, why am I back there? Oh. Marvel reaches out to John Byrne after work after 18 years after a bitter breakup about new work. So yeah, I don't know the logistics of what happened in the first place. Maybe you do about what, what was the breakup about. But regardless, it's been a while since John Byrne's done some some Marvel work, and now he's coming back. It sounds like um, so doing Fan Expo Boston 2018. Byrne re- revealed that uh, as a part of explaining how his self-published continuation of his X- Uncanny X-Men run called the X-Men Elsewhere is coming about, because I forgot that is a thing. I thought we might have talked about it already, but I'm not sure if we did. Um, but basically, it sounds like, yeah, there, there was some discussion on his website, and things happened, and there you go. Which I guess the X-Men X-Men is the new work that he's talking about. 
since they're talking about not anything outside of that, which what he was doing. Okay. Fans of John Byrne rejoice, and because you know. Yeah, I mean, I you know, I, I I do remember the book that it was like X Men first years, first years I think it was, hmm. and you know, uh, you know, he did not have a good uh, parting of ways with Marvel, so um, can't believe that was eighteen years ago. Jesus, yeah, you know, time flies. Um, oh wait, so here we go. Uh, Byrne publicly quit Marvel in 2000 following the publisher's decision to cancel his X-Men Hidden Years. Oh, Hidden Years, that's what it was. Title as a part of a broader effort by then editor-in-chief Joe Quesada to slim down the X-Men line. Um, so, yeah. And the article just kind of goes on about that a little bit, but and talks about... Yeah. yeah and Quesada kind of confirmed. Yeah. You know what's funny? Very quickly before we move on, it's funny that like with the with the changes in uh, editor in chief, there you know each editor in chief you know when they make their change they they try to uh, imprint themselves on the on the brand. No, not necessarily that, but I guess as part of that, they go and try to repair a bridge that may have been burned down. Mm. You know, you bring up Joe Quesada when he first came on. Remember, he tried to, you know, he definitely uh, repaired the, you know, he repaired the DC Marvel bridge. Right. You know, and that's how we got JLA Avengers. Right. You know, when he first came on. So it's interesting that CB Sobolski now, you know, within his first year of uh, taking office, as it is, uh, he's re- he's trying to uh, rebuild the bridge burnt in the wake of John Burns. uh uh, departure from Marvel. Hmm. Am I misremembering this? And I don't remember, or I can't. It might have been somebody else, not Casada, but Casada. Casada necessarily wasn't liked as much when he came on as Jesse. First, for some of the things, I, I maybe think of somebody else, and, and it could be completely wrong. From what I remember reading, there, you know, like some people thought that he would be more friendly to creators because he was coming from a creator-owned background, right? Um, I'm not 100% sure if that's accurate. I don't want to say much more because I, you know, I'd have to do a little bit of research and get back. All right. So next up, spoiler alert. Uh, Quick, so no surrender is giving. I was about to say you did the burn one, so let me let me get this one. Okay, do it. Uh, that's why I was ringing the spoiler bell. Quicksilver's No Surrender is giving the Maximoff twins some much-needed depth. Okay. So I've been reading it on and off. Oh, really? Okay. Uh, yeah, because in the wake of um, in the wake of uh, Quicksilver kind of being trapped mm-hmm. in, uh, you know, as a result of his uh, uh, of a speed stunt, um, you know, he's basically reflecting on you know why people hate him, right? And, uh, you know, a lot of that makes, you know, a lot of that, gives, a lot of this is giving him time to reflect. So, which actually, and they're also giving, uh, the two of them, the, the Maximoff twins time to kind of work this out together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I actually coming across this article, like I had a slight curiosity about why he was gone and we knew he was going to be in this book after no surrender, but you know, like what could that book possibly be? And sound like it could make for some decent reading if you care anything about the Maximoffs. Right. Cool. Um, 
Marvel introduces new spoilers, by the way. Uh, Marvel introduces new Fantastic Four rivals, the Fantastics with an X. Edgy. <laughs> <laughs> I think what's funny about this is I think Slot is definitely going for a little bit of tongue in cheek. Mm-hmm. So, um, so this is so. This article was done by our own Tim Adams, aka Tim Dog ninety eight, which I don't know if have given his number his government out there like that, but it's out there anyway. Um kind of in print. Oh yeah. yes, kind of definitely in print. So this is for Fantastic Four number four, which is not out yet because we just got the first issue. And I don't know if this was in solicitors or not. But Fantastic Four number four will reveal a new supergroup called the Fantastics uh who has moved into the Baxter building, and it doesn't sound like the new foursome has given has plans to give back the the keys to the building. And I looked at that this um I looked at this picture, which if you're watching the video, you have seen, mm-hmm. or you see of the cover. Yes. Oh, I did. I didn't scroll down. I should have scrolled down. <laughs> which just looks like a bizarro version of um the the uh, yeah. four. Which I'm just prepared to say yes, it probably is. And just leave that. Uh, but yeah, it is it is a thing that is coming. And why does the do uh, do the the fantastic? I mean, Mister Fantastic looks like Flatman. <laughs> Dude, I don't know, man. We'll see. We don't need that. We don't really don't need that. Leave the J to GLA where they are. We shall see. That is still three issues away. Yes, indeed. Um, we kind of already talked about this. Yeah, we can. Yeah, so. Not some unbreakable Luke Cage has been diagnosed with um, um, what is it? What did you just call it? TTE. TTE. Chronic traumatic uh, encephalopathy. Yeah, I said that right. Great. Encephalopathy. Yes. So yeah, we find out in this issue that's what he's got because his skin's unbreakable, but his insides not so much. Um, but and again, if you're curious about that, Luke Cage number one is out for Marvel, Marvel Digital Originals. I've said enough about that already. So I need to finish reading the rest of it. Next up. The Avengers project development is underway at Crystal Dynamics New Studio. So this is a game studio, Crystal mm-hmm. Dynamics. They've just opened a new studio in Bellevue, Washington. And the initial focus is going to be on technology for uh, that to work on um, a game based on uh, uh, the Avengers and the Marvel comics. So, yeah. So Crystal Dynamics is a name that's known from some people who've been around the gaming for a while um i can't remember what they've done recently to be honest but regardless uh this avengers project was announced at last e3 we've already talked about it so this is basically saying hey it's still going because we wasn't as to me it was the e3 before last not this one because they there was nothing about it at this past e3 which bummed me out to no end by the way because there was a lot about that spider-man game that's coming out next month but not anything about this so <laughs> This is just basically saying, hey, this is still out there and it's still ongoing so far. Um, Sideshow's imposing doomsday statue is ready to kill every Superman on your toy shelf. Sideshow um, is releasing a pretty uh, ornate looking uh, doomsday statue you can see here. Uh, in the picture, which by the way, Death of Superman, the, uh, the animated thing is out. Also, if you hadn't checked that out, I think it's on video. I mean, I, th- I know it's on digital for sure, but I think it is also on Blu-ray. And I hear good things about it. But this is a statue based off of that. 
and the, the original comic they're in. Mm-hmm. You're looking for a, a, a nice looking, probably expensive Doomsday. Wait, is the price here? It is not, but it's probably pricey. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Yes, it is. The monster of a villain weighs 40 pounds and costs $1,250. Pre-orders are now open and expecting to arrive between May and July of next year. Yikes. That's a lot. And 40 pounds, that's heavy. Yikes. You can't handle the truth. And we can't handle that price. Absolutely. Uh, not even trying to, because I'm not that big of a Doomsday fan anyway. But, wow. Somebody's going to do it. Look, I couldn't afford the, the 250 Black Panther um, tattoo that I wanted. But... So, That's perfect, though. You can, you can always sell the statue. <laughs> anyway. What's next, President Bartlett? What's next? So, uh, DC, uh, DC's Action Comics is Guinness World Records holder for longest-running superhero comic book series. Okay. Which I guess makes sense, because I don't think there has ever been a comic book that's even made a thousand, if I'm, or at least concurrently, or much less, you know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. On April 18th, 2018, uh, 80 years later, DC published a landmark 80-issue 1000, blah, 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 and made the Guinness Book of World Records. So, which makes sense, because... Yeah, have to have some record for hitting a thousand in comics anyway. This is, again, no book has ever done it. Right. Um, DC's Injustice 2 universe included includes the marriage fans have been wanting for years. And that is the marriage of one Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy. Wait, wait, wait. This is the time. <laughs> oh, stop. <laughs> stop it. Oh, brother! Stop it! Now, granted, this this so this is it's obviously worth noticing is in the Injustice universe and not the Prime whatever the Prime universe is of, of DC called. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Um, but nevertheless, it is a thing, and there are some people that were like, "Yeah, yeah, rah rah," and obviously some assholes who were like, "Bye, bye who cares?" You know, or not? Well, why? Who cares? But you know, yeah, I was about to say that's a little harsh. For it doesn't matter. I, well, I would just say that. Um, uh, a lot of people are fans of this injustice stuff because it does give that edge because it's like a, a really big what if story that's just going and going. And there are people who are fans of this coupling also in the prime, you know, in the, the prime, prime even though they've been kind of messing around with that one, not messing around, but you know, just kind of putting lightly on it. Yep. So, but it's a thing in one universe, in the DC universe, if, if, if nothing else. So there you go. All uh, right. Next up. Uh, so we have DC's Justice League is crossing over with D'Souza's Monica's gang. What? Yeah, I'm not familiar with, with that part of it, but this basically in another long line of crossover of Justice League slash DC crossovers. Um, I don't like the one we talked about earlier. But so, yeah, in this crossover, um, all right, so wait, DC's Justice League is doing a major, unique crossover uh, with Brazilian cartoonist. Mariko D'Souza, Monica Gang, doesn't really say what that's about. But nevertheless, in this crossover, Batman, Wonder Woman, Superman, and others meet D'Souza's Monica, Jimmy Five, Smudge, and more in the December and January editions of D'Souza's Portuguese language magazines. Monica, I'm not gonna just, I'm not gonna, not gonna, 
I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to butcher these names. But basically a bunch of uh, D'Souza's Portuguese language magazines, comics. So that of there will see the light of day over here. But that is the thing. If you have access to them. All right. Next up, uh, Birds of Prey and X-Men editor Lisa Hawkins joins Valiant Entertainment. Oh, Valiant, Valiant, stifling the talent. Um, well, uh, what you call it? They uh, they are rebuilding their editorial because uh, Joe Illich moved from uh, Lion Forge to them. So, um, Valiant is definitely rebuilding their editorial. Yeah. Hey, Joe Illich making moves. Yep. Um, speaking of actually Lion Forge, there is a um, it's in clickbait. So I didn't bring up, but there's a, a interview with uh, Gail Simone, who we've already talked about, is, is uh, heading up the right camp over there on the, the Catalyst Prime stuff. Uh, the world builder, as we, as we say. So you can check that out if you have those show notes. Um, Mark Millar launches his best character ever with new Netflix image title Prodigy. Apparently Prodigy is may or may, may not suggest the world's smartest person. The world's smartest man. Uh, who gets tired of being the most successful person in the world and aims for something more? His green eye need, mind needs constant challenge, so he's become the go-to guy for governments around the world. When a problem arises, they just can't handle. That is from the Netflix uh, description of the series, which is still weird from here in Netflix uh, publishing. Um, well, technically not publishing numbers because Image is actually putting these out, but yeah, even behind doing anything with comic comics, that's not. Um, animated or live action. So yeah, so apparently this is a work for hire project being done by for Netflix with plans to publish the limited series through image beginning this December. There you go. Alrighty. Next up Fiona yep. Stoles, Faith Aaron Hicks. Okay, number four have been recruited for Smut Peddler's Sex Machine. So, Smut Peddler is uh, an indie anthology put out by uh, Iron Circus Comics. Uh, I, I guess full disclosure, I have backed some of these on Kickstarter a couple of times. Uh, judge if you want, if you, if you do. Uh, but the Kickstarter for this particular iteration of the an- anthology, um, if the name sounds any kind of, it's basically sexy kind of comics. Not necessarily... Well, some might be erotic, some not, but, you know, they're not always just like X-rated. Let's put it that way from what I remember. Uh, but anyway, the theme this time is sex machines. Actually, someone might be able to look at Regardless, it doesn't matter. But if you are in any interest in learning, you should check this out. The Kickstarter um, kicked off Monday afternoon and made its goal, actually. Because uh, I saw from Spike Dorman, or Troutman that her, uh, that the Kickstarter made it and so now they're doing like stretch goals and whatnot so and made it fairly quickly um, but yeah so faith evan hicks fiona staples meredith mclaren savannah Gancho, and more folks are um are involved in this go check it out if you have some interest it will be releasing this october okay uh next up fox has pulled oh no scratch that rewind my turn to rewind. 
the Hope Anthology brings the comics, brings to, uh, what the heck? It's that kind of night, folks. The Hope Anthology is raising money for Flint, Michigan and their water crisis. It still doesn't have any water after, what, a year, two years? Yeah. And such, whatever. Um, so, yeah, so there is an anthology for, um, for Flint, Michigan that is coming out. September, I believe it is. Yes, we'll be released in September 1st at a release party and concert in Flint, Michigan at Foster Coffee House. Uh, there's a bunch of bands that'll be at that thing. Uh, and there's a mention, so if you're in the area, you can go check that out for the concert part of it. But the creative team behind Hope plays a large part in the unique anthology they've created. Uh, writers, Jonathan, Inner, and a bunch of, I'm not going to go through all these names, but there's a bunch of people um with this. a lot of people contributing so so if if and when this book comes out go check it out um wait matthew rosenberg owned a record label i did not know that learn something new every day yeah no so apparently max bemis uh and matthew rosenberg are a part of this also so yeah you know that is the thing it's coming out check it out hopefully but you know closer to time we'll let you guys know about it now you can get to this one. Fox has pulled the Buffy license from Dark Horse. So the <laughs> license moving really isn't that big a that that big a news because ultimately um, it's changed hands before. But it's been twenty years that they have held said license, right? So that's slightly notable. Um, I don't know if they say if they're the nicest people going somewhere else. I would just make it probably the image. But mm-hmm. oh wait, oh wait, this is not the oh yeah. They talk about IDW's thing that they had. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's a thing. We don't know where it's going to end up. I don't know. You know, that's actually there. Well, arguably that second big license that they lost though, because they did have the Star Wars license for a good while. So it's a thing. It happens. Mm-hmm. First National Power Rangers Day announced by Hasbro. I am personally hoping that they announced that um, Power Rangers RPG that has been, or at least the official rules for that, but I don't know if they will. Regardless, August the 28th will be Power Rangers Day. And uh, the quote here is, whether you are red, yellow, pink, black, blue, green, or whatever other favorite color it is spectrum that's been a Power Ranger, I'm at my association. Um, Power Ranger. Wait, what? Power Ranger on August twenty eighth. It's Morphin Time. Shing! Celebrate your passion for the Power Rangers on social media, where by wearing your gear and sharing your memories. Be sure to use National Power Rangers Day the hashtag National Power Rangers Day to get in on the fun. On National Power Rangers, everyone gets to be a Power Rangers. What are your skills? Regardless, it's going to be a thing. It's coming um in a couple of weeks. So look forward to that on Twitter and probably your news outlets of choice. Mm-hmm. And uh, just uh, you know, what is it the uh, the latest in the uh, the the James Gunn uh, watch was the uh, right? Apparently, uh, Walt Disney Studio Chairman Alan Horn met with him, and uh, uh, they still are not going to bring him back for the third oh, Guardians movie. So that's not going to happen, folks. It doesn't seem like. Uh, Sorry. 
they were they were there was that they they were trying to maybe um negotiate for another movie or something sounds like a rumor that was about that i don't know if that was actually true or not right which actually doesn't make any sense if that's the case but regardless i think we may have talked about that if we have something concrete for you guys which that might be the most concrete you're going to get at this point um and yeah we'll 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 address it but yeah it is what it is at this point Uh, i do want to bring up something i didn't put in the news but uh, if you're a fan of Prince, there are going to be three Prince Pops, uh, Funko Pops coming. Yes, that is not comic book related, but whatever. I think I'll just decide to roll right here. Um, and that, I believe, it is that. Because that very corner is. Uh, before we end off the show, we have another ad read. Or take it away. Sure. We'll do a quick ad read because I did want to show off uh, a couple things that we've gotten that I've obtained in the recent past. Uh, our last ad read for the night is for My Comic Shop. Today's podcast is sponsored by MyComicShop.com. Go to CSPN.us, then click on the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, click on the My Comic Shop banner and order from a vast selection of new releases, back issues, vintage classics, graphic novels, and more to be delivered right to your door. Why bother schlepping to the local comic book store when you can order your books online? That's my comic shop through cspn.us. Do it today. So before we wrap the show, a couple of notes. Um, one, uh, if you haven't been uh, active on social media or at least monitoring some of the releases, you may have missed that Walgreens has put out their most recent uh, has released on uh, to be ordered online their most recent exclusive Marvel Legends figure. That is the Silver Surfer. And uh, this is the latest in the Fantastic Four um, series of characters that uh, Walgreens has as exclusive releases this year. So the Silver Surfer is out. It's pretty cool. Um, the Thing is the last character in this set, and he's going to be out before the end of the year. And... Um, Shout out again to at Matt Wang 97. Uh, while I was on hiatus, um, I did receive several goodies and I did make mention of them, but I didn't uh, show them on the show. But I did get from San Diego Comic-Con, thanks to at Matt Wang 97, the Arthur Adams Convention Special 2018. This is the art book. It's pretty cool. It's, the, it's right there on the screen. And uh, last but definitely not least... Uh, our good friend at Matt Wang97 picked up for me the exclusive Red Skull and Electronic Tesseract uh, 10 year Marvel Anniversary Marvel Legends. So it comes in this cool box. I just had to take off the, uh, the part where um, I couldn't open the flaps. So it looks like, uh, you know, the case that the Tesseract is in mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, from, from the first Avenger movie. Nice. And you open the flaps, and there is the Red Skull, and there is the Tesseract. I'll bring it closer to the camera. There you are, folks. People who should be watching on video can now see the 10-year anniversary Marvel Legends Red Skull and the Tesseract. I have not opened it yet to power up the Tesseract. Hoping to do that shortly. 
And now jump people are jumping into mentions about that um about that Iron Fish run. But that's right, we're gonna get around to it. And also shout out to Matt Wang who who's uh says that he has the mouse guard board game. Because of course he does. <laughs> as a, I mean, as, of course he would. Of course. He is a, the 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 uh, what you call it, tabletop and board game and role playing game person. He's an enthusiast, yes. Um, I was going to say that, um, yeah, and I already showed off the stuff that Matt got from me, and I, I'm slightly excited because what, why he did have a hand in this. Uh, Hasbro put uh, some of their exclusives on sale on the 13th, which that was a part of, by the way. Um, and I was able to get, which I don't have yet, but I will I will show them when I get here, the Power of the Primes Optimus that they have, and also the Bumblebee. I don't know why I got that one, but I got it anyway because it came with two tape cassette tapes. Or, or transform. So I got both of those because Matt tried to get those from me, but uh, they were sold out. So glad you get them. Yeah, and because yeah, because last year I couldn't get the the other Prime one they had, which was a cool um kind of skateboarding one. But now we got another skateboarding one because it's basically the um Optimal Prime from Beast Wars. Gotcha. So, alrighty. So, um, yeah, I guess we can wrap the show. Wanted to uh, pay some respect yes. to uh, yeah. a musical legend, Queen of Soul, who passed away today. Um, that is uh, who I'm referring to. Is of course, of course, Aretha Franklin. So, as we close the show, we're going to play our way out, and uh, like I said, pay our respect. Yeah, before you get that, that again, join us again next week. Uh, same bat time, same channel, bat channel, nine nine thirty ish on this here YouTube channel. <laughs> we try, we really do try for nine. But in that, um, agent underscore seventy on Twitter, PCN underscore dirt on Twitter, popculturenet on Twitter for PCN underscore dirt. Um, Instagram agent underscore seventy, popculture network. I need comics for PCN underscore dirt. Tim D O G G nine eight. DB Cron, D Click Nation, uh, D K L I Q N A T L N. All of that on Twitter. Also, dclicknation.com. Go check out the stuff there, which we need to put some stuff up there. I, I got some stuff I need to put out there. And myself, Rodicats on Twitter. Uh, no underscore, please. Newsnight on Twitter. The Newsnight is neat. Reddit is out there. Hopefully, there's a site coming at some point when I get off of Bulldogs. Uh, Instagram is CB Caps. Uh, you can check out this podcast on the CSPN network, that's CSPN.us, along with a bunch of other fine shows. But you can also find this subscribe to this podcast on Google Play and Apple Podcasts, aka iTunes. Also, you can check us out on the CSPN SoundCloud at SoundCloud.com. That's called Dash. Um, also, Stop.cspn.us. Go there. Get some merch from us and other shows on the network because, you know, we're just trying to make some good stuff over there, over here. You know, so help us out. And that, as uh, Agent underscore 70 plays us out with um, with, a little tribute to the Queen of Soul, this is the Comic Chronicles, and we are out. Peace! What you want? What's on your evil mind? Oh, you insulting tongue in my words. What about this woman that you are moving higher?